Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is having an amazing summer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends. Our goal is truly just to bring glory to God by talking about these hard things that surround media and technology's role in our life and how we as individuals, as families, we, that we can pursue holiness. And let me tell you, today's podcast is just going to bless you. Today, I'm sharing an interview with an 18-year-old woman named Mary Catherine. She is passionate about pursuing holiness through not having social media. She has an incredible perspective and story to tell us today. Now, a little background. I first met Mary Catherine when I was asked to be an expert panelist for her senior thesis defense at her Christian high school. Her thesis title was No More FOMO, Why Christians Need to Prioritize Wisdom with social media use. I was so excited and honored to be asked to be a panelist for this, and she really knocked it out of the park. I was so impressed, and I knew I wanted to bring her on the podcast and have her share her story and her research with us as parents. You are just going to love her. She has a heart for Jesus, and she just simply radiates joy. Her wisdom and discernment should give all of us parents so much hope. Okay. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Mary Catherine. Mary Catherine, welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Okay, I am 18 years old, and I love to get myself involved in a ton of things. I have a lot of different interests and passions throughout junior high and high school. I've done cheerleading, musical theater, choir. I love to sing. Um, and I've taken piano for multiple years. And most importantly, over the past four years, I have gotten really interested in my high school cinematography class. And so I've gotten really involved in media production, which is what I'm going to study at the Master's University in Santa Clarita, California this fall. Master's University, which is exactly where I'm going. So I'm super excited. I'm for super you. excited too. I do mine online. You get the pleasure of being there in person. It's a such a beautiful campus. So, so beautiful. It is a beautiful gem. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to dive into this conversation. And I think where I'd like to start is with your senior thesis. So this is kind of where I heard you first speak on the topic of social media. So tell us why you chose to do your thesis on like Christian's use of social media and what you learned during your research. Mm. So my specific thesis topic was why Christians need to prioritize wisdom with social media. And first thinking about the topic, I originally kind of wanted to do it why like we shouldn't use social media at all and all that. But in my research, I did find, you know, Christian businesses, they're able to utilize, you know, podcasts and they're able to spread the message and the word and get a lot of truth out with it. So then I had shifted my topic title to why we need to prioritize wisdom with it. And I chose it. I had always kind of had that in the back of my mind because growing up when I first got a phone at the beginning of high school, my parents, they didn't allow me to have social media. I had a lot of restrictions on my phone. 
And at first, like, I was very angry at my parents about that because I was the only one who didn't have it and <laughs> the only one with, like, all these screen time restrictions and all that. And I was just, I was so fed up with it for the longest time. And then as I grew spiritually, as I really got to know the Lord more, I had the opportunity to get social media because I had been offered uh, the journalism program at my school to be a social media manager. And I was like 16 years old and my mom, she had kind of said, well, like, I think you're old enough. Like, do you want to make that decision? Like if, like, if you want the job, like you've been offered it, do you want to download it? And all of a sudden I had all that freedom. And in my, like, that was such a big decision for me to make. (laughs) And I remember thinking I had grown a lot in my relationship with the Lord at that point. I remember just praying about it and thinking, Lord, why is this such a hard decision for me to make? Why am I wrestling with this so much? I've wanted this thing, social media, for so many years. Why am I all of a sudden halting at it? And so then it was a couple months after that I had to choose my topic. And so that's when I was thinking, I really want to like research social media and see how it relates to um, the Christian walk and um, how we as Christians can be wise using it. So that's kind of how I chose it, why I picked it, why I titled it the way I did. And what I found in my research, uh, when I was kind of preparing for this, I obviously, I did a ton of research. I really tried to research a lot of different opinions and points of views and a lot of different things. So I kind of narrowed down my favorite three to talk about. And the three were, I read a lot of different books last summer about this, one of which was Who Are You Following by Sadie Robertson Huff, who I'm sure a lot of listeners will know who she is. I know she was on Dancing with the Stars years ago, and she has a YouTube channel and a podcast and all that. So her book was so phenomenal. Also, a book called Why Social Media is Ruining Your Life by Catherine Ormerod, who is currently a social media influencer. And she's actually not a Christian. So I was able to get kind of that Christian point of view from Sadie Robertson Huff and then that non-Christian kind of perspective from Catherine Ormerod. But her information, her book was so impactful and good to read. I think everybody should read it because she used to work in the industry um, and she had totally fallen captive to my life has to be Pinterest perfect. And she had spent her whole life really striving for that and was so deceived by the media and her coworkers in the industry. And she had fallen into tremendous debt, had completely, her marriage went down the drain and she just, her mental health was all, it was totally whack. And just her life was on the verge of just completely being over. And then she realized that the root of that was a lot of what the media and what her work had been feeding her, a lot of the lies. And so her book is all about that. And she's currently an influencer, but versus kind of promoting, you know, the, falsehood uh, that the media promotes. She now spends a lot of her influence trying to promote like healthy living habits and how, and she strictly advertises how social media needs to be used for business versus just, you know, putting everything on your life on display. And the third one was, I had gotten the tremendous opportunity to interview Dr. Keith McCurdy, who is a Christian counselor. I think he lives up in Pennsylvania. I got to have a Zoom call with him And just a lot of his experience uh, with he helps a lot of parents and people of all ages, really, but specifically tries to counsel parents on just like being different and not feeling like they have to give in to social media. So those are kind of the main three people within my research who had a tremendous impact on me and my thesis. Well, that's awesome. I had not read that book. Uh, What was her name again? Which one? The second one. Oh, uh, Why Social Media is Ruining Your Life yes. by Catherine Ormerod. Yes, I haven't read that one. So that's a great resource. I will make sure that I include the link to that in our show notes because our listeners may really want to get their hands it was on that. Very, I couldn't put it down. It was very good. 
Yeah, I like to see the different perspectives. So let's go back just a, a minute there. Did you go ahead and did you take the job where you were managing the social media for... Oh, no, sorry. Oh, I totally forgot to give you all the end of that little snippet of my life. No, I ended up deciding not to get it because knowing myself and just uh, my my testimony, we don't have time to get into my whole testimony, but knowing myself and my soul and my heart and just a lot of my sinful struggles, like one of which I will share is unhealthy comparison. I just, I know that if I were to get social media, like it would just take that to a whole nother extreme. And that's just one example but I was thinking and just going through scripture and with prayer, I really felt like the Lord was putting it on my heart. Like if you download this, even if it's, you know, even if it is just for business or helping promote your school, even if it's not something personal for me, I just know if I had that temptation, if I had that avenue, it would be so detrimental to my health and my soul. And I just, I made the decision right there. And then I was like, Lord, like, I'm not going to compromise that. Like I'm going I don't feel like if I have this, I'm going to be able to use it fully to honor and glorify you. And so I just kind of drew that line in the sand for myself. I That's was like, amazing. We're not going to download it. That's amazing. Not very many can make that discernment and decision so about difficult. themselves. So difficult. It's not easy. But I do think it's interesting, though. We at Brave Parenting have long promoted 16 as the minimum age to consider social media because of the brain development, right? You are able to work in society. You can drive a car. The frontal lobe is just a little bit more developed. Do you think that if you had that question posed to you at, say, 14 when you were a freshman, would you have made that same decision? Oh, most definitely not. Because at 14, I will admit when I was 14, I just recently accepted the Lord as my Savior. And so I was not very spiritually mature at all. I was still dealing with a lot of just sin within my life and... I know how to, and I, that was right when I'd gotten a phone too, which, you know, I had yeah. just gotten a phone. I am in no ways would have been ready to have gotten social media on top of that. And so, but at the same time, I was just very angsty about that kind of thing with my parents because, you know, they were really trying to train me and discipline and teach me creating healthy habits with technology and stuff. But at 14, I totally would have been like, I'm downloading yes. it without <laughs> hesitation and thank the Lord that I, that did not happen because I don't know where I'd be had that been the decision I had made then. but. Yeah, definitely not. That's really fantastic and really inspirational, I think, for a lot of people and hopefully for a lot of parents because it's hard. Oh, it's so hard. It is really hard to be on our end of it, if I can say that, and say no and put up with the the fight and the struggle and you're the worst parents in the world and I am the only one. Now, (laughs) were you really the only one in, say, your grade who didn't have it freshman, sophomore year? Looking back, I'm I know there were a couple of people who probably didn't have it, but if there were, I really I was not close to them, I don't think, because looking back, I felt very excluded and very you isolated. Did. I remember feeling very alone because all the all, you know, affirmation and trying to feel included, I was looking for that in all the wrong places. And I thought social media and being able to fit in and be exactly like everybody else, that was the key to inclusion and just finding success and friendships Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I definitely felt like I was the only one. If I ever complained to my parents about it, I would tell them I was the only one. But (laughs) looking back, I'm sure that was most definitely not true. I know there were other people who also did not have it. So what part of would you say now of God's word do you feel that just most convicts you about to stay off of social media? Is it that comparison that you mentioned? 
Or is there some other aspect? Definitely comparison. I specifically, and I uh, I don't know if you remember, this was one of the main passages of scripture that I included in my thesis, James 4, 11 and 12. And that passage specifically talks about judging others and how God severely looks down upon judging a brother or a sister. And not even just judging a brother or a sister in Christ, but judging people, period. And I know, like on social media, we are constantly judging other people. And I know for me, it ties into unhealthy comparison because I would be judging myself and other people. And I know I would be like, oh, like it's not fair that their body looks that way and mine doesn't, or they have this thing, or they got to do this, or they get to hang out with these people, like FOMO at the absolute extreme. So I've definitely feel like James 4, 11 through 12 fits in there. And that heavily convicts me. Ephesians chapters 4 and 5, Mm -hmm. really, specifically Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it talks about preserving love and unity within the body and within amongst each other and social media as we can see it does the exact opposite of that in most scenarios it divides it creates so much sinful feeling and comparison and so that is very convicting and also Ephesians 5 where it talks about how we are supposed to um, not promote evil or pertain in it there is so much temptation and because we are naturally fallen sinners we are naturally drawn into sin that is thrusted at us and I know in my thesis, I talked a little bit about big tech and how they design their algorithms and how they know we're very drawn into the bad things. We get excited when there's gossip and stuff. We love to look into all that. And so those passages specifically, they severely convict me. And also, of course, there's so many Psalms as well that talk about how the whole idea of as Christians, our heart is supposed to break for what breaks God's heart. And when we are celebrating a lot of the sinful popular narratives that are promoted by social media, Mm -hmm. our heart is not breaking for what breaks God's. We are celebrating evil versus, I know Ephesians 5, somewhere somewhere towards the beginning of Ephesians 5, and talks about how we are supposed to expose evil and call it out. Respectfully, you know, we don't want to fall into the category of, you know, hating on other people and falling into a self-righteous attitude. But at the same time, like we are not supposed to celebrate evil. We are supposed to expose it and call it out for what it is. Yeah. One of my master's classes, I just read that the sin of coveting is really the quintessential sin that even, you know, yes. is what Eve did. She, you know, coveted that knowledge that the serpent offered her with the apple. And I think that is so much, that is that root of comparison. So true. And it's just, it's the commandment that we were given not to covet. It's mm-hmm. for our own good. Not to do it, but how can you not <laughs> when you're looking into everybody's exactly. life? So what concerns you most about young adults, your age, and their use of social media, like your peers or maybe some older around your age? What concerns you most about how they use it and the effects that it has on them? First, I'll start with parents and adults. They're supposed to be the example. And young children, I know, you know, when I was a, was a child, I automatically looked up to people who were older than me, whether that be high school students, other parents, adults. And I see now adults are constantly on their phones and they're constantly using their children as content. And I feel like that oh, is... girl, <laughs> preach it. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I mean, that opens up a whole nother conversation. But I think that to begin with, with adults, parents specifically, that highly concerns me because that is teaching... Um, one, I think that is teaching children that, oh, you know, I am something that makes like mommy and daddy popular. I am something that just gets mom a lot of likes. And two, they're not, I feel like they're not teaching their children healthy Christian living habits, but also investing 
like time and teaching them good, solid life skills because we are putting so much more emphasis on, you know, technology and just doing thing on doing things on screens. And two, for people specifically my age, and I say this as someone, you know, with my experience with technology, I easily fall into this. So I don't want to say this with any looking down on other people at all. I want to say this in a spirit of humility and knowing that I struggle with a lot of these things as well. I feel like I talked about this in my thesis, how I feel social media, it hinders you from building healthy Christian living habits because of the temptations that it has. And a lot of the things that people my age feel that they have to be included in to be popular and feel affirmed and feel like they have to have true friendships is, you know, following popular trends, following popular influencers, knowing you know, the newest thing that happened the night before on socials and whatnot. And I know when I was younger, I very much was left out of that. I felt excluded and I felt like I was being left out of the things that I thought really, truly mattered. And that would bring me close friendship. But uh, really having not been on social media for as long as I have and observing people my age, I really feel like I haven't missed out. In fact, I feel like I've thrived more, if that makes sense, because a lot of the things that we think are so important and that we have to like be in the know on are really ridiculous. And like social media, it is making a, it's making my generation less and less mature. And I truly do feel like people my age, like we are at an absolute loss. And so I'll bring it back to parents. I really feel like it is training up younger people, younger generations in wisdom and being able to use this technology wisely because I think it's done with my generation. There's really no redemption for using this technology <laughs> if, I, if I'm being dead honest. So yeah. I feel like really it is such a responsibility for the parents to train up their children. So be there, um, there is a little bit of hope. So I think there is a little bit of hope there with younger generations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have such wisdom with how you approach it and what you've been able to see of your peers and how they experience it. Because from the outside looking in, it looks sad. It, you know, when you hit the level of maturity that you're like, wow, this is your whole life. And it, it's very sad. <laughs> it is very sad. And so you've already seen that. And, and that's really incredible. So as an 18 year old, though, without social media, one thing that we hear at Brave Parenting all the time, I'll say this, is, of course, everybody wants to say, if I don't give this to my children, if I don't allow it, then they're going to be completely isolated. They won't be able to communicate with their sporting groups that they're supposed to. You know, they this sports team or this group only uses Snapchat to communicate, so I have to allow it. How did you get around that? Did you get around it with just text messaging and or even like news? Like, was there a point where you were like, I have no idea what's going on in the world and everybody's talking about some big event and because you oh, didn't yes. have social media? All the time. That happens all the time. And half the time, it's things that I really, I realize I don't need to know a lot about because it's stupid and it's like stupid yeah. <laughs> celebrity gossip most of, the most of the time where I'm like, it's like, I really don't need to know about this. But other time, whether it be news and stuff, I, a big thing is, and again, this, I feel like this really falls upon parents is I would have, I loved having, and I still do have, really meaningful conversations with my parents talking about current events and things. And I am 18 now. And so I do have YouTube. That was like the one thing I did download recently because I feel like there are a lot of great resources, a lot of, you know, amazing influencers and podcasts and people I can listen to. Who a are lot very, of great biblical. Like, yes, yes. A lot yes. of like-minded people who I can really listen to and be encouraged by. But 
having conversations with people, having conversations with my friends about these things. Or honestly, if there is something that I missed out hearing about that happened overnight and I want to know about it, just asking my friends about it. Call them. Like I, I, I have so many memories of calling my friends after something big happened. I'd be like, whoa, like I just heard about this. Like what's going on? And then they'd explain it to me. And then we'd get to have a great conversation versus me just sitting on Instagram and reading like, someone else's reading, perspective. Like, yeah. Reading someone else's perspective and just looking at ridiculous comments all night long. So yeah, I feel like in a way that has opened up a way for me to really, I used to be so shy. I used to be so afraid of talking to adults, talking to other people. I used to get severely anxious if I had to answer a question in school. But I feel like not having as many avenues to hide behind a screen if I want to communicate something to someone, it's really helped me break out of my shell. And the Lord's used that. That's amazing. To help me be able to like talk to people and and talk to people who might not agree with me as well. If I want to hear about things, I love talking to people who maybe don't agree with me 100% and have a different kind of point of view or perspective because I feel like I grow also like hearing how a lot of different people think and learning how different people's minds work. I find it hard to believe that you used to be shy. <laughs> it's very true. I, oh my goodness. I was, I used to, oh my goodness. I was very shy. I remember going to, I used to get so scared get going to school in the morning because I'd be like, I don't want to answer questions in class. Or I used to be so afraid to give presentations and the Lord has totally grown me and it's totally flip-flopped. I love public speaking now and I love presenting. That probably would not have been the case. Oh, absolutely not. Had you got a screen or especially if you would have gotten a phone even like middle school during those years because absolutely, those are even so much so formative in that regard. I know that as a parent of teenagers without social media, for example, one of the main conversations I remember having is I knew that they would not have heard of the school shooting. We're in Texas. So I remember the Uvalde one, especially, which was, you know, so sad and so close mm -hmm. to us that I immediately went home and told my kids, like, we need to talk because I knew that they weren't going to get that news from some mm -hmm. other place. And the benefit of that is that we can talk about it. We can talk about Absolutely. God's perspective of mm -hmm. it versus getting whatever progressive or you know, whatever take you might get on TikTok, on Instagram, or whatever news feed you might be taking that in on. And is that the kind of conversations you would have with your parents as well? Absolutely. And I think that works into what a healthy, having a healthy biblical worldview looks like is automatically when we see things as believers, when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we, we look at things from a biblical worldview. So whenever we study God's word, we are pouring that truth into us. We have to, when current events happen, we have to look at it from a biblical worldview and think, you know, what is what does God's truth say about right. this? How can I think about this biblically? And how can I process this as a believer? And how does my Heavenly Father think? It? Like, what does he think about this? What does God feel about this? And so I think, yes, absolutely. Being able to talk about that from a biblical worldview and I have the blessing of having two Christian parents who are very strong believers and who are, I am able, they were able to pour that into me and I'm able to share that with them and grow through that. And so absolutely. Yes. Do you feel like friends and peers your age who are on social media? Now you went to a Christian, a yes. private Christian school. So you got some of that obviously in the atmosphere that you mm -hmm. were in, but even in that atmosphere, the friends that had social media. Do you feel like they were losing some of their biblical worldview because of the content that they were taking in? I, I would say yes, definitely, because I know on a, just a lot of conversations I would have with them, they would, you know, talk about, I can't think of an exact example off the top of my head right now, but many instances where something would happen, they would automatically 
kind of filter their opinion through what an influencer said or what a certain person with on social media said versus I remember in my mind I would think and I would kind of I would try to open up conversations you know well like what does God's word say about this or like how can we think about this as believers and so I definitely think that is such a big danger of social media its influence and its impact on our biblical worldview because automatically when we see when current events happen we automatically were not seeing them from a biblical worldview at first. We are seeing it through a lot of different lenses right. that are not healthy to process it through. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we're definitely concerned about is because there's a lot of deconstruction, as they mm-hmm. say, yes, <laughs> out there in social media right now. And it's hard when we just watch young people walking away from the faith, walking away from the way that they were raised in droves. I believe that the most recent statistic is that 2% of Gen Z, of your generation, 2% have a biblical worldview. It's hard to say that that cannot be social media or the online media, maybe not just specifically the social media platforms, but all the online media, even the streaming shows, Netflix, all everything that they can take in. None of that has a biblical worldview. Well, it's because the media, the world, they hate Christianity since the very beginning of time, you know. Satan is the prince of the world. And so, and I think, you know, like the media and all that, like that is such a great avenue for him to really bash and destroy Christianity. And at the same time, when we accept the Lord as our savior, you know, people have hated Jesus and Christians since the very beginning of time. So we're kind of signing up for that. That's right. When we choose to follow the Lord. But at the same time, I totally agree with you. Yes. Like, how can it not be social media? Because like the media, they hate Christianity. And we see this with, you know, Netflix, with shows, with socials like everything is like pretty much geared towards bashing christianity yeah, and, and when, painting it in an awful light and when you consider that the average time on media is like nine hours a day it's insane anything Absolutely that you insane. take in for that much of a day yes. of the day is going to shape you is it's going to mm-hmm. define your beliefs and how you see the world for sure so i want to go back to I have a, a question going back to what you said about parents <laughs> Because obviously this is a podcast for parents, but I think what you have to share is so, so beneficial for parents and even the young people who listen to this. I have a handful. Um, What about this? Okay, I'm not using my kids as content. You know, I'm not like an influencer getting paid for this, but I'm sharing my kids milestones. Mm -hmm. And I don't know maybe if your parents did or did not do that, or if you had friends whose parents shared. I'm just curious, like, What's the general take from young people your age on about your parents sharing everything? Does it feel like it jeopardizes your safety and security? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely know my parents. Um, one thing I'm very thankful for is I feel like as we're kind of trying to navigate through this generation of technology and stuff. I mean, neither of my parents have popular social applications. Uh, my mom used to have a Facebook account, I think. I don't even remember. but we've been able to kind of walk alongside each other and not really having a lot of popular social applications. And as far as people my age having opinions about it, I really, I mean, I have actually never had a conversation, I think, with friends where they've really had a strong opinion about their parents posting things on them. My personal take on it is there, obviously, the negatives outweigh the positives with sharing things on social media. And I know recently more information has come out about Instagram and a lot of their algorithms geared towards pedophiles oh and, yes i mean that opens up a whole other conversation you saw you saw the articles that came out this past week yes yeah. <laughs> and so i think that is i like i don't even need more information than that the fact that there yeah. is so much 
danger for children specifically on Instagram and TikTok. Like that is like an automatically for me, like Lord willing, if I have children, absolutely not. I will post absolutely. I mean, I don't want to have social media, period. But, uh, you know, if I were to need to get it for business or whatever, I would never. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely not. So there is a, a lot of new push now that there's a lot of stuff going on in the news. It feels like there's a new development every week. <laughs> I can barely keep up with it. But there's a lot of push in the government to push policy and legislation surrounding children and social media. Primarily, they want to try and prohibit social media use between 13 and 16. There's been a couple states who've actually at least signed policy into effect. Now, granted, actually making that work. You know, making there be an ID associated with it. There's lots of ways mm-hmm. around it. But really, there's already kids a lot under the age of 13, around 50, 30 to 50 percent from 8 to, to 12 years yep. old are on social media platforms. So, I mean, granted, they would naturally be banned as well. But, you know, as obviously you, you've chose not to have it. But what do you think? Do you think that teens are just going to get around? Yes, absolutely. And I mean... When you think about it biblically, I mean, sin always finds a way. And kids, like, we're naturally very curious. And, you know, it's kind of where, you know, when certain things are restricted and the government, they're trying to put all this policy, it creates a stigma around it. And so naturally, you know, young people are going to be like, oh, well, I want it even more. And just with my personal experience, like, with kids um, and just, like, young people, sin finds a way and that sinful natural, you know, curiosity will find a way. And like, there's always a loophole, like they can, you know, all the policies they want, like they can try. But with my personal experience, just kids will find a way. And even if it's not social media specifically, like they'll find another avenue to promote and contribute to all of the sin that is on social media and the dangers. Yeah, I think I asked you in in your thesis when you were defending your thesis, I think I asked, do you think social media is redeemable? No. (laughs) As an 18-year-old on this side of it, what would be your encouragement and just admonishment to parents mm. for, for holding fast and not allowing this? So, because it comes down to parents. You've said it. Absolutely. I've said it a million times <laughs> over the course of because uh, seven, you know, eight years that I've been doing Brave Parenting. Um, but it's still parents just keep giving in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to say, why are we all so weak? Why, why are we giving in? Um, if you just had the chance to, to tell parents, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? I would say part of being a Christian is doing the hard thing. Being a Christian is not easy. We've, you know, if you are a believer, you know, we've chosen the hard road, the road that is windy. And so I think in this era with social media and with technology, we have to do the hard thing. We have to lean into the truth of our faith. And that is doing the hard thing. That's right. So they don't have to. The, so the kids don't have to do the hard so thing. The, yeah, exactly. So the kids yes. don't have to suffer in not being afraid to be different. I think a lot of mm-hmm. my struggle early on with technology was I wanted to be exactly like everybody else. And, you know, because of that, I think really Satan had warped my thinking into turning my parents into enemy number one, because they weren't letting me be exactly like everybody else. And they weren't letting me conform you know, completely to the world. And so I think that is another thing, you know, if any young people are listening is when your parents, you know, Lord willing, if they make that hard decision for your own good, do not let Satan use that as an opportunity 
to warp your thinking and to turn like turn your parents into an enemy in your mind because if they are making that hard decision it is so incredibly hard for them and it is our job as kids to respect that and to appreciate it and see all of the love and um, hardship that is coming behind that difficult decision. And uh, but on top of that, I feel like not having social media, you know, it's it's so ironic because social media promotes like be your own self and be different, be comfy in your own skin and all that. And I feel like I have had so much opportunity to learn to be comfy and confident in my faith and in my own skin not having it because I've had this opportunity to be different. Yeah, to you not don't have be, to judge yourself. Yeah, yes. I don't have to judge myself. And it's like, I don't have to, like, I'm not exactly mm-hmm. like everybody else. And so I think if we lean into that, if parents lean in to not being afraid to be different, to be a different family, raise their kids differently and inspire and encourage other families to do the same thing. Because another problem I think is when parents, you know, if they do make that hard decision, it's like they're taking that first step, but no one else is taking that hard step with them. And so then it feels like they're just out in the dust making this difficult decision. So it's also, you know, if, you know, you are parents and, you know, every family is different, you know, I do totally acknowledge that and, you know, different rules and restrictions, like those different things work for different families. And I totally understand and acknowledge that. But also, you know, encouraging you know, all um, parents who are making that difficult decision, despite, you know, what side of it you're on. Yeah, because chances are they're going to be like you. They're going to grow past the bitterness. Yes. And they're going to be thankful. You're going to do it, guys. If you really (laughs) if you really rely on the Lord and you lean into it and you don't view your parents as the enemy, you will get past it and you'll realize you didn't miss out on literally anything. In fact, you've thrived. I promise. So as an adult, what would you say your parents did Right. Mm. What did you, what can you look back on and already say, man, you know, because my parents made this decision, maybe it was that holding mm-hmm. off until 16 before they thought that they could, you know, even mm-hmm. open the idea up. Was there anything else? I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but one thing I really admire about my parents is they led by example. You know, it's, yeah. I think it's really difficult for kids. And I know this talking to people my age and younger kids, it's, you know, their parents have socials and observing kind of their family dynamic. Their parents are, all over that and then it's like if they don't really want their kids to do it like they're getting mixed messages they're like well it's okay it's okay for mom and dad to kind of be all over this but not me like like what's healthy and what's not so I really appreciate my parents we they really walked alongside me in that they were not all in to social media for various reasons and I feel like because of that but at the same time like my family we love to talk about current events and all that we're not like living in a dark hole or anything (laughs) we love to have a lot of fun conversations and stay up to date on a lot of things but they really they walked alongside me and because of that I feel like it just it was very encouraging to me to know they relatively understand what I'm going through and how it feels because you know my parent because of that they were different they were the odd ones out in a lot of situations as well and I really respect that. I think that's one of those subtle subconscious things you don't actually realize until you're a little bit older and you can say, oh, yeah, my parents, they weren't in on it either. They were doing the same thing that they expected me to do. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of hypocrisy and it's sad because I don't think that we just, I don't think we recognize a lot of parents don't recognize how much they're on their phone. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's just whatever. 
but it's just such a distraction, just like it's a pacifier for kids. It's a mm-hmm. pacifier for adults too. And- well, and it's very difficult. And, you know, in parents' defense, I totally, you know, like my mom, she has three kids and I know like in some families, that's not a lot of kids, you know, but it's like when you have kids. It's just crazy people like me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you have, you know, kids in school, specifically in high school, it's like you've got you know, all the sports and all the academics and all the stuff. And, you know, a lot of our world revolves around, you know, being able to be on your phone. I mean, I'm literally 18, just like just applied to college. And I feel like if I leave my, if I, tr- if I try to be disciplined and just leave my phone in a room for like hours on end, it's like I've missed out and people are trying to get a hold of me. And then it's like, I'm not being very professional at times. And so, you know, I do get it. It's hard to really set your phone down because, you know, specifically as a parent, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that. There's a lot of tools. Yeah, there's a lot of tools that that you got to use. Mm -hmm. And so I totally see that. But at the same time, I think, you know, and this goes into like doing the hard thing and not being afraid to be different is really investing time and just like not being on your phones all the time, you know, like sit down, like put your phones in. And I, I really try to like not look at my phone an hour before I go to bed not to look at at it the first thing that I do in the morning. And even just like during the day, if I don't want to be on it, then like I'm going to lean into that. I'm going to say, okay, Lord, we're not going to be on technology for this amount of time. And I just put it in a drawer and I won't look at it. So that's just, I don't know, a little something that I really tried to be disciplined with, you know, over the past like year in my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's, as we wrap up, like let's hear about what you're going to be studying. So media cinematography what what is your dream job oh boy (laughs) my dream job as of now oh my goodness I'm gonna laugh at myself for saying this but as of now I would love to work for the daily wire I feel like that is awesome okay good um (laughs) I feel like you know downloading YouTube in the past like year and a half I really just love watching their content and I feel like I'm just very like-minded with a lot of them and I really I love it's it's funny because I tell people I'm very into media production and like all this and they're like, but you don't have social media. Like, how's that going to work? I'm like, you don't need social media That's to right. like have fun working behind a camera and producing videos like uh, the two go hand in hand a lot. But um, definitely, I mean, the Lord, I'm praying for more clarity as I, you know, go down the road. But as of now, a freshman going to the master's university, um, I'm studying, I'm majoring in communications with an emphasis in media production and so I'm going to learn all about videography and editing and you know communication so lord willing being able to work for even even if not the daily wire a company or like them where I feel like I can utilize you know my passion and the skills I've learned you know further you know the promotion of truth so this is your first podcast recording this is my first podcast okay now I say this I say this it is but I'm already, I mean, I'm not trying to like say I've got a prophecy here, but I can totally <laughs> see you as like the next Allie Beth Stuckey. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. Also, I am a huge fan. Allie Beth Stuckey is not going to like hear this, but I am a huge fan of hers. I was literally watching one of her videos right before I came here. I yeah. I read, actually, she has a book. Sorry to talk about resources also. Oh, yeah, another it book is good. Mm-hmm. I had read kind of researching my thesis was her book. She had just released, uh, You're Not Enough and That's Okay and talking about the toxicity of self-love. If you are a young woman and you are about to go to college, I highly recommend you read it because it is just her story is so inspiring and just she is such uh, has so much wisdom inside of her. And just that book, I would say, is such a resource of goodness that I would specifically say young women can use going into college. Yeah, I did it as a summer high school study with the girls that I lead. 
It's so amazing. And we all really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's great. I I mean, I'm in my mid-40s, but I'm a huge Allie Bestucky fan as well. So. She's amazing. <laughs> so I say that as a fan, though, I'm just saying you have a lot of potential. And I just love your heart for the Lord. And I um, really pray that that God uses it in just amazing ways to influence the world, not through social media, <laughs> but it can be through media in general and be that light in the darkness that we need, mm-hmm. like Ali Bestucky does, like the Daily Wire does, those conservative networks. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank so, you so much. This, this was so fun. <laughs> good, 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 good. I loved it. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. What an amazing young woman. Was I right? Did you love her? She had so much to share. And I really pray that what she shared and encouraged us as parents to do really hits home and edifies us and encourages us to do that hard work. What a perspective. And she mentioned, you know, her time away from her phone and how she wants to put it in a drawer or a box. Listen, you guys, I've been talking about this for months. Aro, A-R-O dot com. Go Aro dot com. It is a way for you to have this beautiful box that you actually put your phone in. It quantifies and almost gamifies your off screen time. And now normally I don't like when devices do all of those things and trick us mentally. But when we're actually doing that to be off of our screen and engaged in real life relationships, this is where it's at. We love RO. We encourage you to get your RO box, set it up for summertime, quantify and gamify your off screen time together with your family, with your teenagers who may have phones. It is a fantastic resource. We love it. Go to goaro.com forward slash brave and use promo code BRAVE to receive a first month subscription for free. What a deal. It's a no-brainer. GoRO.com forward slash BRAVE, promo code BRAVE. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Brave Parenting Podcast. Until next week, go and be brave. Be brave.